The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello there and welcome once again to Art of the Pivot. I remain your host, Mark Jeffries, and joining us today is Robert Clarkson, Chief Commercial Officer for Norton LifeLock, a global leader in consumer cyber safety, protecting and empowering people to live their digital lives safely. Norton LifeLock is dedicated to helping secure the devices, identities, online privacy, and home and family needs of nearly 50 million consumers. As Norton LifeLock's Chief Commercial Officer, Robert is responsible for global revenue, including customer acquisition, global partnerships, and customer success as well. And he joined Norton LifeLock in 2020, bringing with him more than 25 years of leading teams, identifying new markets, and creating innovative products and solutions. Robert, welcome. Where do we find you today? I am in Scottsdale, Arizona, near our headquarters today. So we're slowly opening up our headquarters, but uh, it's a rainy Scottsdale, which is a rare thing to say. So I was going to say it's the middle of summer and it's raining. What is going on? I was there last, well, just before the pandemic and it was such a nice trip. Great place to live and to work. Um, all right, let's dive into the chat. It's uh, It's been a few years since Norton 360 and LifeLock came together as a single company, if, if, if my history is right. Now, obviously, um, you, you're relatively new to the organization, but from what you understand, what was the driving force uh, behind that merger, behind that bringing together of two different organizations? organizations. Sure, and, and thank you for having me today. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, the, the, uh, the driving force was the fact that uh, malware and antivirus are one layer of protection in people's digital lives, but their identity is another significant component to their digital life. And, and by bringing the two together, the history of Norton and its antivirus uh, capabilities around the world and, 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 and complementing that with the kind of the identity protection of, of, of LifeLock really gave us that 360 protection that, that customers were looking for and that we were, we were looking to provide. So it made a lot of sense. But, you know, as, as consumers, we're constantly terrified by stories of what's going on in terms of cybersecurity and being hacked and being watched. And uh, I understand that, that today Norton LifeLock has this big mission, bring cyber safety to everyone. Sounds great. I would love that. How are you pursuing this mission and how close are we to being able to guarantee such a thing? So it's a very important mission, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad you bring it up because at the end of the day, uh, you know, our digital lives and our physical lives are very interconnected. Uh, and in fact, if you look around wherever you are in your house or your office and you see uh, Nest cameras, you see the camera that we're on today, you see your garage door openers, you see your thermostats, those are areas where your digital life and your, and your, your physical life quickly come to, to a, a harmony. So just think, for example, if, if you have sophisticated uh, 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 thermostats in your house, they know when you're home or not. And if your thermostats know when you're home or not, other people can know when you're home or not. And so those are the kind of things that we saw on the horizon and certainly becoming even more prevalent with connected cars and some of the other, you know, people have connected toasters and connected refrigerators, right? So there's no right. lack of information around uh, about, uh, you know, what who you are, what you're doing, where you are, when you're doing it. And so we want to make sure that not only are we uh, advocates for people's personal protection and security, but we're at the forefront of those things. So as new technologies come on board, we're developing kind of the, the privacy and security around those. 
And that does make a lot of sense. And you know, you mentioned some of the Internet of Things that are around us. Everything is connected. Even the TVs. I'm glancing over at my TV over there. I know it has a camera and a microphone. I so, but I kind of make this assumption as a consumer, uh, even though I am protected. And by the way, I'm a customer. We can talk about that later. Um, I just make the assumption that I'm being heard. I'm being seen. I mean, how how can it be stopped every which way? You're you're working. Uh, to protect consumers, but you're working with so many different organizations, with so many different um, protocols, it's surely it's impossible. Well, it, it is it is not impossible, but it certainly is 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 an active pursuit. Um, you know, the technologies, as you say, change all the time. Even today, prior to our, to our connection, you know, we were moving from Safari to Chrome to Bing to others. So, so there's 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 platforms that are out there as well, not just the devices themselves. So, what we look for is the commonality between those things. Is it your router? Is it your your um, Wi-Fi access points? Are there are there places where we can we can uh, synchronize with where that data is at least converging, and then can we put protections in that? In addition to that, there's the mobile component to it, which may run on an entirely different network, which might be 5G, or it might go through your Wi-Fi, or it might go through you know a hotspot or something like that. So so we we focus on both device level protection and network level protection for for individuals. And and as I said many times. Each of us is our own digital ecosystem. So yeah. while you think of your, yourself as an individual who has, has various products and services, you're actually creating a digital ecosystem all the time in your home, in your office, and in your car. And we have to make sure that we understand those perfectly. Perfect. Yeah. The digital ecosystem, digital footprint, it, it, it never ends. Um, and what's interesting about your particular mission at the, at the company is you're focusing on consumers rather than the enterprise. I'm not actually sure I'm outside the industry, so how would I know? What would be an easier challenge? I would imagine consumers are tougher because we often, you know, set passwords up with the word password. And when we're forced to change it, we make it password one. So, so consumers are not the best behaved. <laughs> So the question really is, why consumers? Why did you go for that? <laughs> well, first of all, you're you're frighteningly correct about the passwords. Um, you know, <laughs> being being uh, in the password business, we we uh, we we strongly advise people that the word password should not be in your password. <laughs> uh, but you're also correct in the fact that it's a very different game uh, when you're talking about enterprise level security and consumer level security. What's nice about enterprises, the companies that we work for and, and, and you know, the, the companies that we do business with, they have uniform protocols. So they're using all the same browser, they're using all the same updates to those browsers. They can constantly kind of update the network and therefore all laptops connected. And they, they typically are, you know, deeply embedded into their, their VPN connections, right? So they, they, everything goes through encrypted on front end and the back end. Consumers, on the other hand, is a mixed bag. Like you can have the most sophisticated consumers or you can have the least sophisticated consumers and our products have to work for both. And so they have to bring two things. One, they have to bring kind of that 360 protection across a myriad of 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 um, devices and, and and platforms and two it has to be very intuitive because when my mom logs into her norton account to make sure that she's safe it has to be self-explanatory we're not going to go through a help desk scenario to make sure that it's running up and well for her now our son on the other hand he, he's into the 
third wave of the settings to make sure that it does exactly what he wants. And I have to have a product that, that meets both of those needs. You're right, very smart. And of course, the threat is never ending. Your research team recently released its um, Consumer Cyber Safety Report, I believe, which identified the trends that we're seeing in cybercrime and how criminals are working uh, to capitalize on the post-pandemic return to normal. We see headlines all the time about foreign actors, let's just say, uh, trying to get busy with corporations, but also with individuals. What have you found? Tell us about the emerging trends. What should we be concerned about right now? Well, I'll give you a few examples, but one maybe more uh, um, recent is um, tax ID fraud. So people literally taking over your identity and applying for a tax refund on your behalf. And we saw an 18,000% increase year over year oh in, in that type of fraud. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And the only time you actually know about it is when you go to file your taxes and they say they send you a letter back that says, oh, we already got your return, don't worry. And you think, well, you didn't get it from what? me. Um, right. And so they, they will falsify the documents and then apply for a refund on your behalf, whether you're eligible for a refund or not. So that, that's one. Two, you know, over, over uh, you know, 2020, 2020 was an interesting year because everybody was kind of homebound. So the usage of, of all the Internet of Things went up uh, uh, tremendously over the course of the year. But we last year we had 13 million U.S. consumers, not in the, in the, in the Norton portfolio, but across, across the country, um, 13 million consumers got hacked or their identities compromised in some way, shape, or form. And to put that in perspective of how important that is, the total was about $45 billion in losses, and that averaged about $3,000 per person of the 13 million that got, that they've got their identity sold. So when you talk about this, this isn't about you know, just us logging in and seeing where you were on, 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 on particular websites or seeing your buying patterns or something like that. This is actual hard-earned money that is being transferred from you to somebody else. And, and you, you, you bring up kind of the, 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 the collective organizations that, that, are, that we're up against on this. And some might be state-sponsored in, in some cases, but in many cases, these are small collective groups that appear and disappear instantly around the world and because there's no borders in in, mm. in in the internet doesn't matter where they are they can find you where you are and i'm guessing that the authorities whoever they might be in whatever country the crime is uh, originating um have probably very little success in ever either finding the culprits or, or retrieving the lost funds absolutely uh, two things are going against us in that area one is um, the, 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 these are very ephemeral groups. They, they, they can light up in, in a month's time, do all the damage they need to do, and then disappear off and then they, they redisperse. And the second is cryptocurrencies make it very, very difficult to track where that money goes. So in traditional banking, if my money was gone out of my bank and went to another bank, at least they had some indication of where it went. Now, it might have taken several hops after that or gotten withdrawn very quickly, when you're talking about cyber um, safety and cryptocurrencies, those two aren't necessarily a perfect match. And it, it makes it more difficult to track down the end result of your money than it, than it used to be in the past. Very interesting. I was fascinated by the, uh, the tax refund situation. Of course, that particular crime 
is dependent on the victim having overpaid tax. And so the, the refund doesn't go to the citizen, it goes to the criminal. I'm wondering what would happen if the, the, uh, the victim had underpaid tax and actually owed some money. Would the criminal pay that undue, unpaid tax? Well, I I, unfortunately, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, would be, uh, yeah, that would be an interesting story. Um, it unfortunately doesn't work that way. And even worse, if, yeah, I, at least I, we don't get those complaints. So let's put it that way. Um, we don't, uh, but I would say that um, what's happening is they're not filing based on your real numbers. They're basically um, filing false W-2s. So even if you wow, owe wow. money, they, they make it look like you were owed money and then they get the refund. And then when you call and they say, oh, by the way, not only do you did you not get the $3,700 that we sent to you that we thought we did, you owe us $3,700. It's worse. That is crazy. That was a bit of a twist. I did not see that coming at all. I mean, we laugh, but, you know, this is a real threat. It is an evolving threat, and it just doesn't seem to go away. I'm interested in, in, in you guys, because at Norton, you know, you, you've got to protect yourselves. You would be a crown, right? If, if someone could hack you guys, that would be such a, a feather in the cap, so to speak, to mix my metaphors. How do you protect yourselves from cyber threat as an organization? It's it's difficult. I mean, we we have to um, we are our own taste testers for our own cooking. So we spend an awful lot of time looking at all the the ways that that, that phishing or other cyber attacks take place. And I will say that we also run internal tests all the time. I get emails and my team gets emails from in false external sources that are fabricated by Norton to test our systems all the time. So yes, we get the, the, the traditional outside phishing, like, hey, we noticed that your VPN is running slow. Could you log in with your credentials and make us sure that we're tuning up? And it looks like it's from Norton executives. Um, and then then when you look at the, the email or, or the, the trail behind it, you can see that it isn't. But on a first pass, it's, oh, my boss is asking me to, to verify my VPN speed. So I better go in there and look at it. And, and then I put in my credentials and that's it. Cat's out of the bag at that point. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's yeah. off to the races. So we actually run our own internal tests. Now we do other, we have other tools as well, two-factor authentication. We also do um, mandatory uh, password changes all the time. So that, and probably more frequently, I've worked with other companies in the past that, as an employee, and we may do it once a month or once a quarter. Uh, uh, you know, Norton is much more vigilant in that password protection, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's some of it's more sophisticated and some of it's just good housekeeping and hygiene relative to passwords and, and, right, and other, right. uh, other tools that we have. Out of interest, while you're mentioning passwords, what is Norton's opinion on using those uh, suggested passwords that a Mac will often uh, suggest you, like a really long 18-string password full of just random numbers and letters and, and other symbols? Is that a good approach to password safety? It is. Um, we we have but, tools, but. and there are other tools out there called password managers. The problem is, um, they are fiercely difficult to remember. What people yeah, end up yeah. doing is writing them down, um, which is pretty purpose defeating. Um, and or they store them in their phone as, oh, my 
password to Amazon is, and then here's this awkward string. Well, the problem is right, now right. everything I own is, is in my phone. So, so we, we recommend a password manager or something along those lines that can follow you from site to site. Then you have one password that you can use, and then it memorizes for you and, 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 and pre-fills those, those. And by the way, it also encourages um, the constant updating of those passwords. Right. It, it drives me insane when you get the uh, the password reminders, which are questions, the answer to which you've completely forgotten. Like, who was your first grade teacher? I used to know that, but not anymore. And now I feel like a criminal because I, I can't get into my own. Um, exactly. My, my so, answer no, to the, you know, who, who is the world's greatest guitarist may have changed over time. And I'm not sure <laughs> I still well have the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough. I often see a list of potential questions. I'm like, no, I'll never remember that. I will definitely not remember that one. Anyway, anyway. Um, um, you're, not, you're not alone in this space. There are other organizations offering solutions to consumers. Uh, it does look a bit crowded. It, you know, if you meet someone and they go, well, hold on, what is, what is your unique value? What would your answer be? So at the end of the day, we are a consumer only business. So many others have kind of that, that, that balance between enterprise and consumer, that's one. And I think that, like we said earlier, uh, the consumer instance is very different than an enterprise instance. It's, it has to be much more intuitive. It has to be much more fluid based on individual consumer ecosystems. That's one. Two, we are very much a, a, a buy builder partner organization. So. We, we make acquisitions like we did with Avira uh, recently over, over in the last year, uh, which was instrumental for us, brings us into new markets, brings us new technologies, brings us a new approach with freemium and some other models that maybe weren't traditional to, to Norton. And then third, I would say that, you know, we, we're constantly innovating. So it's not just about the antivirus, it's about identity. So we, we, we put the same emphasis that we do in protecting your your devices as we do into protecting your digital identity in the dark web and restoration. So one of the things that we've we've always kind of concentrated on is, yes, the alert that your information is available on the dark web and we've seen your name before and we've seen your you know, some passwords associated with you on the dark web, but how, do, how valuable is that to you unless we can actually go in and, and remove those from those 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 instances, and and we actually have a service that does that as well. So again, you know, the difference between my my son and, and my my mom are, my son knows how to remove his names from from lists he doesn't want to be on. My mom, if I send her a a, a notification that says, by the way, your information is available on the dark web, that's as far as she goes with that information. Like there, there's there's no resolution unless Norton steps in and does right, it. Right. She'll go make a cup of tea and think about it for a few minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So our time is almost up. And, and this is fascinating. We could talk forever on this. But I'd love to know then what the plan is, because you obviously are in a competitive marketplace. You are fighting a, a relentless threat. What's the next level of success? How do you take your, yourself and your team, uh, your offerings to the next level? What, what's the plan? So there's a couple things. One, you know, there are 5 billion internet users around the world. So there's 6 billion people, six and a half on the planet, 5 billion internet users. So, you know, very young, maybe some, some less connected areas of the map, but in general, 5 billion people are the opportunity. So we are, we and our competitors are literally scratching the surface of, of, of potential that we can have for, for protecting more people. So, you know, there's not a scale issue in this business because 
you know, on average, people own 3.6 devices that are connected almost 24 hours a day. The average person is no more than three feet away from their phone 24 hours a day. So even yeah, you know, yeah. now it's you know half an inch from you because it's in your pocket, but the rest of the time it only averages three feet away from you. So there's there's no there's no challenge in in the size of the opportunity for 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 us. The, the issue is awareness. How do we make sure people are aware of this these tools, both on a device level and on the on the identity on the identity level? And I think going forward, and in fact, probably you've seen it in your your personal life even more recently. Um, Travel is going to be very dependent on identification, and it's always been it's always been dependent on passport and others. But now, if you layer in things like vaccinations and and updates and maybe booster shots in the future, um, and to sporting events or travel or any kind of collective, you know, live entertainment, I think the the the, the future of identity and and making sure that that's more encompassing than just who you are, but actually maybe even some of your your, your medical history. Um, will be even more important going forward because, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the pandemic has shown us that not all viruses are digital and, but they still have a interconnection with our digital world because now all of a sudden, how do I prove to an airline that I'm safe to travel? I, I'm, in fact, my family and I, you see my home state behind me is Hawaii. We're, we're, we're heading there this weekend and getting into oh, wow. Hawaii is a real workout. I mean, I had to submit all yeah. kind of documentation that should be digital. Yeah, it's so hard. And you're right. And it's going to be so easy to find a way to interrupt that flow of information. And so companies like yours, like Norton LifeLock, have a, a very big job ahead. Uh, and um, we're, we're grateful that you exist to help us stay as safe as possible. Robert Clarkson, thank you so much for spending the time with us, uh, for talking about passwords, because now, once again, got to change them. And uh, for giving us your insights and your ideas. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for your time and thanks for allowing me to talk about this. This is an important issue and I, and I hope people research it even further. Thank you. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.